0: Was there another part to that? No, that's, later. that's later. Gotcha. All right. Sometimes people have to uh, say things several times to me so yeah, to get it across. Thank you, Rhonda. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you that we could uh, see that you're not done, Lord, that you're still working. And... Um, we can march onward looking forward to that hope, a blessed hope. Lord, as we come to your word and look at your word, pray that you would guide us in our thinking and help us to be uh, more fervent in our prayers for one another and help us uh, in our understanding of the sacrifice that you've made and help us in our understanding. Uh, that you've called us here. We're we're in this place for a purpose, not just this church, but in this family, not just in this family, but in this community at this specific time and this, this area of the world. And help us to be willing followers, faithfully obeying you in all that we do and say, guide us as we study this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Let's go to Colossians. We're studying Colossians, and uh, I'm just going to briefly go through a couple of thoughts that I've actually taken from uh, the uh, Life Application Study Bible. Uh, and so we're going to look at this passage and then make a couple of comparisons that they've made. Uh, hopefully you have the bulletin and the bulletin insert I've uh, put that in there for you or you can put them down in your own notes if you have a life application bible you could probably find it there uh, someplace and close to colossians Uh, but colossians 1 3 through 14 if you'd follow along as i read through this passage we give thanks we give thanks to god the father of our lord jesus christ praying always for you Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it, and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so as we begin this morning, just to reiterate last week's point, uh, the believer must purposely pray for the Lord for other believers. Yes, for all people, but other believers. And it begins here in Colossians 1, 3, and 4 that we are to be thankful for them. Be thankful. Be thankful for the faith and changed lives. I remember going to Camp Witness uh, many years. Many years we had this bonfire and we would share testimonies. And so if we... Do that in July, kind of get together as a church and have a little fire uh, outing here at the church and a little bonfire or campfire, actually. We don't know if we, I don't know if we want a bonfire, but a campfire, right? That's a much smaller, but maybe take some time to share some personal testimonies and to give God thanks for what he's done in our lives. But at Camp Witness, we would end towards the end of the week, and I know Homeward Trail does the same thing, where we have this campfire and people will share what they've learned that week from the Lord, from the Word of God, what they've learned from each other and the encouragement they've received, um, things that maybe they would said, I'm going to commit to do this, uh, follow the Lord more, or commit to reading Scripture, or I became a believer this week at camp. And those moments where someone would say, I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior this week, those were moments of celebration, right? Now, you know how teens are. A lot of times you don't say anything. Once in a while we say, this is exciting. Praise the Lord. They have trusted in Jesus Christ. We have a new believer, a new a person in the family, a new someone now we know who, who we're being in contact with who, who is now going to be in eternity with us. A new brother or sister in Jesus Christ. And here we find in this passage, he's thankful first that the gospel had made the impact in their lives and that they were believers now, but not only that, but that they were growing in the gospel message. This this first uh, verses three through eight really is that, hey, they're believers and they're also bearing fruit and they're they're growing in the Lord. And they're not just basically staying infant believers, but the Lord's doing it a powerful work in their lives and a powerful work in the lives of the whole community and a powerful work in the lives of of all of that region and so when we look out the world today we should be very thankful for what god is doing in the world today he is rescuing people out of the domain of darkness and transferring them into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom There is redemption and the forgiveness of sins where we now are if we have truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you believed in Jesus Christ? If you have, you have found redemption and you are no longer in the domain of darkness. You are now in His glorious kingdom, His kingdom of light. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know... In this world today people are really confused about where salvation comes from. And they're looking for physical salvation. And they believe it should come from some form or other and here we find in this passage that it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only that but that in verses 9 through 14 as well as these these several passages that we as believers have a role to play. And true compassion is, is where we as individuals are involved in the lives of others and do things that are self-sacrificing, even taking time out for VBS, Vacation Bible School, being involved in that way, or giving time and money or tears and sweat or prayers. It's self-sacrificing. Just as what our, our Savior has done. And He brought us into this glorious kingdom of light so that we wouldn't just sit there, but that we would be involved in, in proclaiming this message that is bearing fruit or should bear fruit. And this, me, this gospel message that is bearing fruit and increasing throughout the world. And we're involved in this. And so it's a fantastic opportunity for us to be involved in prayer for one another you know, over this week, in vacation Bible school, we've made an impact upon these little kids' lives, and sometimes we can be pretty discouraged when we see kids grow up and oh they're not I don't know if they know the Lord or they're not living for the Lord, but we don't know the full impact yet for those people, even, right? God's still working. Praise the Lord. But these little kids, we should always be optimistic that God will continue. Because we know He will continue to work. And so, the reality is He chooses to use us. Um, but be thankful for their faith and changed lives. Second, ask God to help them know His will. Colossians 1.9 For this reason also since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. A part of his will is, is reality that they're not to stay babies, but to grow in him and to be involved in them and proclaiming the message of the gospel, right? That we're all involved, that we should be following him and saying, Yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. Turn back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. You're saying, oh, hey, I have this memorized. All right, you should. If you don't, let's get her memorized. Now I better re-memorize this. But anyway, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. You know, following Christ is going to cost. We don't earn our salvation. We're not saved by our good works, but we're saved to do good works and to be a sacrifice. Verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we know the will of God? We know His Word. (laughs) Know His Word. Right? Study it. And we do know what it is. It's to follow Jesus to do what Jesus did, to proclaim the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all in what we say and in how we live. I guess we could say it's like, you know, if somebody were to look at you, could they say, oh, they they look like they follow Jesus. There's someone who's compassionate. Compassionate. Someone who cares greatly for others. Someone who stands for biblical principles. Biblical morality. <laughs> not immorality. Okay, I'll try not to get on it. You know, we're always told, we were told for many years you can't legislate morality. Well, they have. They've legisl- they're legislating or proclaiming immorality. Especially this month. And people are headed straight to hell because of what people are, are proclaiming, "Oh, it's OK. Live in your sin. Oh, celebrate your sin." Well, it's sad. And we need to pray for our nation. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three: "For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, in the matter because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. It, it goes on. These are just a, this is just another illustration. What is the will of God? Our sanctification. Are we set apart from sin to God? It's a struggle for all of us, right? <laughs> but it is possible, because we have the Holy Spirit. Going back to Colossians 1:9, ask them to get, ask God, so pray for them, right? That they would know what the will of God is. And we pray that people would be in the word of God, studying what it says, knowing what Jesus wants, knowing what God's commands are, knowing what's sin, knowing what's not sin. Ask God to give them spiritual wisdom and understanding. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. But in verse 9 of Colossians 1 here, right? Praying for this. Praying that they would gain understanding and have wisdom. Not only that we would know what the Word of God says, but that we would be able to use it in our lives. Ask God to help them live to honor and please Him. Colossians 1.10 Colossians 1.10 says, So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Um, I've really taken more time than I thought I would. It's pretty simple here. Know what God says in His Word. And, you know, it's hard to say yes to the Lord if we're just doing it in our own strength. So we need to be people of prayer. We need to be in the Word, Right? We need to have personal devotions all the time. Remember me getting on a rant a couple weeks ago? Couples try to spend a little time together in the Word. Families spend time in the Word in prayer. Just a couple minutes. Even one verse. Pray together. Live in Christ together. Um, but so number four, that we would grow in Him, we would be strengthened in Him. Verse eleven and verses eleven through twelve, that would they'd be filled with joy and thankfulness. You know, as as we prepare for communion, um, it's crucial for us as we take communion to understand a couple of things. Um. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I'm going to fall back there today. Okay, We'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It, it's pretty, what I was going to say is pretty easy to, to get on this. Knowing that we're saved by grace through faith. Not of works. None of us can boast, right? In anything. That we have done. Knowing that We're not perfected until we're with Jesus Christ. And that it's easy at times to stumble and fall in sin. Right? But it's no excuse. And so as we pray for people, we want them to grow in the joy of the Lord, but also to be strengthened to be able to, to see their need first to say no to sin. And that we can say no to sin. And not take the cultural standards of saying, oh, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. It's okay. But to toss it completely out and to follow God and His Word. But while we see that battle, (laughs) we know we have our own battles, maybe on these little small sins. And... Don't make excuses for them. But we do know it is hard and it is a long journey until we get to know, until we're with the Lord Jesus and we are made perfect. So know that the Lord Jesus loves you and you're saved by grace. But don't give in saying, oh, that's just the way it is. I failed again. But at the same time, knowing that we, our identity is in Christ, and praise the Lord, we're forgiven. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he speaks to a couple of issues here uh, in verse 27. Folks, we need to deal with the sin in our lives and confess it. We are not condemned to hell or anything else. We are judged and chastised on this earth when we take of communion or say that we're doing okay and we're allowing sin in our life to sit there and fester without confession and repentance. And so he goes through this and he talks about how many of them are being chastised or disciplined by the Lord now on this earth, not in eternity, But right now, because of sin that they were willing to live in without confessing it and repenting of it. Does that make sense? So as we prepare to take communion, verse 28, we must examine ourselves and in so doing, we then can eat the bread and drink of the cup. And as we take the cup, therefore, we need to confess any unconfessed sin. We need to to ask the Lord's forgiveness for those, knowing that it has hindered our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, if you're an unbeliever, if you're unwilling to confess any unconfessed sin, don't take of, partake of communion. If you're an unbeliever, don't partake of communion. If you hold a grudge against someone, don't take communion. But take communion and celebrate what Jesus has done if you understand that you're saved by grace and you're willing to, com- to admit to Him when you have sinned, and you're willing to let the Lord and the Holy Spirit work in your life to cause you to turn from it and walk more closely with Him. And so as we take communion, we recognize what Jesus did upon the cross in His body. He was beaten and bruised. He was hung on that cross. He died bearing the penalty for our sins in His body on the cross so we could be forgiven. He bled and died and by His blood we're ushered into a new covenant and our sins are washed away. We're made whiter than snow. And so as as we take the bread, we recognize what He did in His body. As we take the cup, we recognize... His blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. His blood that was shed to bring us into this new covenant. We're brought into really a new family. We're brought into uh, a new relationship that goes on into eternity. And we recognize that Jesus is fully God and fully man, the person of Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. We recognize His work that He did in His body while on this earth. And we recognize and we worship and we praise and we give Him thanks for all these things as well. So at this moment, and I want to read Acts 2.22 again. Okay, Acts 2.22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus of Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles... And when we look to Romans and many other passages, even the Gospels, we find that it is because of our sin that He was willing to be hung, that He was hung on the cross and that He died. And because He was willing to do that, we find grace, we receive grace, we are justified, we find redemption, we are saved. So let's take a few moments. I'm going to pray, give you a couple of moments to spend some quiet time with the Lord, and then we'll take communion. Heavenly Father, we thank You for what You've done in sending Your Son in this predetermined plan that You were willing to send Your Son to be nailed to that cross, to be beaten and bruised, to die, to shed His blood so that we are forgiven those of us who turn to You by faith. We thank You, Lord, for Your plan, for Your willing to sacrifice Your Son. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your willingness to submit Yourself to the Father, even as it says in Philippians chapter 2, even to the point of dying on the cross. We thank you for what you've done for us. We ask, Lord, that you would convict us of sin in our lives. We give you praise. We give you thanks. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Now let's spend some quiet time confessing any unconfessed sins and thinking upon what Jesus has done for us. the men come forward Let's pray for the bread. Heavenly Father, we thank You. Um, as we take this bread, it represents Your Son's body. First, that He, he actually um, added humanity. So He's fully God and fully man. But also His sacrifice, His willingness to, to be beaten and bruised. Die for us. Lord God, we ask that you would bless us this bread as we take it this morning together. We give you thanks and we give you praise. As we take this, may we be drawn closer to you and in, in understanding sacrifice, also closer to one another, having been brought into the your, your kingdom into one family, into one body. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. night of the last supper Jesus gave the command and for his disciples to do this in remembrance of him and it says here Paul recounts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you the Lord Jesus in the night which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the sacrifice that you have given for each and every one of us here. Lord, we uh, know without the shedding of blood there can be no remission of your sin. So, Lord, we truly thank you today in your son's name. In the same way, He took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in My blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. Lord, we thank You again for what You've done for us. Thank You for Your mercy and compassion and Your patience. Please guide and direct us as, as we go out this coming weeks and months. That we would be faithful witnesses to what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we sing There's Power in the Blood and then we'll take up offering, or we maybe take up offering at the same time? I don't, would that be bad? Or, let's just sing it and then we'll do offering. Okay? Do we have the Power in the Blood? 34? Page 34. 334. 334.